there's an expression in uh, Think and Grow Rich that says, when riches come, they come so quickly and in such great abundance that you can't recall when you didn't have them. That's me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tori Reed, the CEO of Victory and Noble, as well as the executive producer for Getting Deals Done, along with William Broton. Getting Deals Done is about one of three dynamic intentions. Number one, the success mindset, which is about the visionary doer as well as the dream catcher. Number two, systems, what it takes to get deals done in the world. And number three, power, how big things are done in the world. Getting Deals Done is about impacting humanity one deal at a time. Our shows are produced for the busy executive in under 20 minutes with voiceovers that aim to clarify, inspire, and raise your collective business IQ. We hope this show will leave you supercharged with capital energy, focused with purpose, and ready to do your very best by being your best. Welcome to Getting Deals Done with Patrick Howell, my partner and a tenured financier, as well as someone who knows a thing or two about getting the deal done. Blockchain and cryptocurrency are the way of the future. Both technologies are redefining the digital landscape in both investing and personal finance. With the disruption of 2020 and new norms settling into how we do business every day, Southern California's Thomas Carter, a futurist and founder of Dealbox, is at the forefront of the revolution to change the way entrepreneurs and investors do business. This is a time for new beginnings, new frontiers, and outside conventional thinking and manifesting. Find out more about us at dlbx.io. That's dlbx.io. The metaphysics of business is about our principles and applying them to our endeavors to create prosperity. How does the business world work, right? How do some people in our midst rise to become leaders, manifestors, and creators of industries, billion-dollar companies, and live lives of opulence and seeming unending wealth? Before there were constructs of MBAs, asset classes, business school, balance sheets, GDP, mergers and acquisitions, there have always been dreamers, builders, and visionaries guided by their principles, passion, and ideas. Coupled with the focus with purpose, as well as the blind ambition of passion, these combination of human qualities have always and will always create the worlds we live in. The world we live in is created by masters of those invisible dimensions of principles, visions, and dreams. William Bill Opaso is a self-made multimillionaire with a billion-dollar company that is, for the most part, the leader in the industry he helped create. Mr. Paso completed his first purchase of a multifamily investment project in Anaheim, California in 1976. Since then, he has raised more than $1.4 billion in investor funds. A myriad of emails and notifications never stop coming in, as we will hear shortly. But what exactly is success? How does an idea become a billion-dollar empire? How do you go from dreaming to living the dream? What is the magical elixir that gets deals done, no matter how grand? William Bill Opaso is a captain of industry who has more than a few of the answers. He is practiced, accomplished, and a master of the metaphysics of business. He is the founder and CEO of Pasco Companies, a company that has developed $3 billion in real estate investments with properties in 21 states. 
Welcome, Mr. Bill Paso, to Getting Deals Done. Good afternoon. How are you doing? How are things in Palm Spring Desert? Well, it's cooled off a little today. It was a little warm last couple of days. So uh, I can feel the tug of the golf course later today. <laughs> Thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance once again. Good to be here. Yeah, let's start off with our first question, which is how did you make your first million? And as a follow-up question, how did Pasco Companies make its first billion dollars? Wow. There's an expression in uh, Think and Grow Rich that says, when riches come, they come so quickly and in such great abundance that you can't recall when you didn't have them. That's me. <laughs> I would say sometime in the, uh, in the last 15 years, it, it sort of happened not as a the result of a single event, but as the result of consistency as we uh, grew the business and uh, prospered in doing that in spite of uh, what we have to give to uncle uh, each time we succeed. How did you make your first million dollars? You know, by just buying good properties, allowing people to invest and having them share with me in their profits and uh, give me a little something for helping them find the solution to whatever their investment problem might be. Uh, and by doing that consistently over a period of time, the funds accumulated and one day I looked at my balance sheet and there it was, it was over a million. What do you think are some of the guiding principles that have been central to your success as a captain of industry or what I like to call a captain of industry? What personality trait was key to your success? Well, I would say a, a couple of thoughts come to mind. One is it has always been my goal to make everyone who has ever worked with me or for me better off for the experience. And I think the result of that has been that people have been willing to give their all to make what we, whatever we were trying to accomplish a success. I also stay out of their way because I say, when you encounter an issue, a problem, and you need help, I'm always willing to help, but I don't want you to come to me with a problem unless you also bring me a solution. I may not like the solution as well as something else we could do, but I want to know that you've thought about it. So I give the people that kind of leeway. And I think that's been a, a huge factor in having a company grow and be successful as opposed to me personally growing and be successful. These sound as simple edicts, but they are, in fact, the building blocks of an empire. Make the people around you better. Create a place where all people want to give their all, use their talent, and grow their talent. Come with not only a problem, but come with a solution. So if I take a step back from that, it seems like a lot of your success has been mentoring talent and having the ability to not only mentor talent, but initially identify talent and then uh, give that talent the ability to uh, succeed. I agree with that 100%. It's amazing how much people are capable of if you not only encourage them to use their talent, but you allow them to use their talent. What's one experience that you believe every entrepreneur should have, must have? Boy, that's a tough one. I would say that in my own personal past, you come to a point where it's all on the line. You have to take a risk, and it's the kind of a risk that if you fail, I won't say you're never done. You never give up. 
but you go back to square one and you have to start over. In my case, there probably been a couple of those. I bought, or the company bought, a big project in 1992, I think. It was the largest tenant in common program that had ever been done in the history of the business since I started it in 1994. And it required us to, as a company, to raise $54 million, which was more than any sponsor, any person doing our business at that time had ever done before. And we had basically five weeks to do it, or I lost everything that I had in terms of liquidity, something like $4 million at that time. And our company would have been out of business. I had four other directors on my board. And when I went around and asked each one if they thought it was worth the risk, I got no, 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 no. And I said, guys, if we pull this off, it changes not only the industry, but our position in the industry. We will be viewed. And therefore, since I own most of the company, we're going to do it. We did it and we were written up on the front page of the Wall Street Journal for having pulled off that largest ever tenant in common transaction. But that was a huge risk. How did you know? How, what, was, what was in your bag of leadership skill sets that allowed you to take that risk confidently? Well, uh, as Napoleon Hill said, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And I believed we could do it. I just felt that this was a risk that Ward justified taking the risk and we needed to do it. And then you did it. And so, so we ended up on the cover of the Wall Street Journal and also setting the standards for an industry that in many ways you helped to create the modern version of. Make a decision when it's all on the line and live with the results either way. As a businessman and a financier for 30 years across America, Wall Street, Market Street, San Francisco, and the banking industry in Southern California, as an entrepreneur, both successful and unsuccessful, I've seen this calculus applied to the businesses with mixed results, both abysmal failures and exponential successes. But growth, if you think about it, never comes from comfort or going along with the status quo as usual. Real growth comes from challenging, risky, and uncomfortable situations. Real change comes from upending a system. This is not an exercise for the faint of heart, because just as an incredible upside is present, so is the downside. Risk is the friend of a growing business. Risk is the friend of the emerging captain of industry. So we've been speaking throughout this conversation about Think and Grow Rich. As a matter of fact, Stacey Stallman, who is your VP of Marketing and Corporate Development and a good friend of mine, gifted you with one of the five remaining copies of the Timeless Business Bible. Can you talk a little bit about which principles and how the principles in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich have impacted your career? Because obviously, even based upon this conversation, you've referenced Mr. Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich a couple times. But I think it basically starts out with determining what it is you want 
to accomplish. And once you have made that determination, you write it down, you look at it, you repeat it. Those are the things that he said in his book and you believe. And then of course, the belief is enhanced when you actually articulate it outside to other people who now can hold you accountable for setting that goal and doing what you need to achieve that goal. I think that's what helped me. I think I told you the story of, I gave that book to my then person I was dating, who I liked a lot, but I said, if you apply the principles in this book, you can accomplish whatever it is and you can achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. Two years later, we were married. She gave me the book and she had written in it, I wanted you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a beautiful story. Well, I'm curious. So your wife wrote that and it's been life altering for you, that book. What did you write down? What was the thing that you wrote down for yourself that you needed to believe from Think and Grow Rich? If I can ask that question. Well, first of all, I think in the book, he suggests that you set a monetary goal. I mean, when he says when riches come, they so come so quickly and in such great abundance that you can't remember when you didn't have them, but you're never going to know if you don't start. So I did. I wrote that down. The second thing is, he said, you got to have a plan. How are you going to do that? And for me, it was finding a way that I could help other people accomplish their objectives and in so doing, profit myself which is kind of the way the 1031 exchange business started because I had a gentleman who had a problem and he needed help. And his problem was a real estate problem, which was he had an empty building that he had depreciated and refinanced and had no basis left. And if he sold it, the government would take all the money that he made because of the circumstances. And that's what prompted me to say, well, wait a minute, I can sell you an undivided interest in a project I'm buying right now and structure it so it qualifies as 1031, as like-kind property under 1031. And that started the business. That was 1994. So solving somebody else's problem. And I mean, it wasn't even solving a big business problem in terms of an industry. You were focused on a very specific client's problem and you solved it. And that was basically how you created a multi-billion dollar company. That's true. Interesting. We didn't create just a successful company. We created an industry as a result of that because people saw what we were doing, they continued to do it. And we had numerous companies come into the that field later. And I appreciate you referencing that. I remember in an earlier conversation that we had, you talked about the consolidation of that industry, which has been around, I believe, since the 90s. And you please correct me as you're the, the grandfather of this experience. There was a boom in the industry. And then in recent years, uh, specifically around 2008, 2010, the industry atrophied and that Paso companies uh, was able to acquire a lot of those other companies. And basically, as of this moment, you might be in 1031 exchanges and tenant and commons, kind of the grandfather of that entire experience nationally. That's true. And in 2002, the Internal Revenue Service published a revenue procedure which is not law, but everybody looked at it and grabbed onto it as if it was a blessing from the IRS. And a whole number of new companies came in. So there were maybe seven or eight companies now doing what I had started. And by 2007, there were 72 known companies that were attending the annual conference of what was then the 1031 Exchange uh, Group, which kind of 
surprised me in a way because it grew so quickly. And consequently, not everyone who came into the business was as dedicated as I would have hoped. And they bought properties that maybe shouldn't have been purchased at the prices that at which they were purchased. And by uh, 2010, of the 72 companies, there were like five left. And the others had disappeared. And as I look at the mm-hmm. business today, uh, we're back up to about 35 companies now that are offering the opportunity to exchange into another property using the vehicle, which has evolved from the tenant in common into the Delaware Statutory Trust, the DST. Believe in yourself. As a commodity cannot be overstated, believe in yourself. Then make the determination, what do you want to accomplish? Write it down and repeat it to yourself as well as others. There's something magical about writing down your goals, taking things from the realm of the invisible and bringing them to fruition on a piece of paper in the land of the physical and then seeing that every day. These are the timeless principles in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. This is the fulcrum to channel our passions into business successes. William Bill Opasso believes that readers are succeeders and succeeders are readers. Further, his devotion to what has been deemed the business Bible, Think and Grow Rich, and his belief in its basic tenets, thoughts are things, and whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve, are his proverbial ace in the deck. Stay tuned for the second part of this two-part show, and welcome to Getting Deals Done. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Getting Deals Done. Each show is engineered as meditation on success by the same team that has brought you success meditations on the art of life, as well as being your very best self with our flagship program, Here's to Life with Tori Reed. Rebel Talk Network is the choice for creators looking to take control of their content. With over eight years experience in the podcast industry, they know what it takes to make you stand out amidst the noise. Rebel Talk offers brand partnerships, professional production services, marketing, and monetization tools to take your show to the next level. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out as getting deals done, Rebel Talk works with you to produce the content that is right for you and your audience. Getting Deals Done is brought to you in part by Rebel Talk Network. Find out more at rebeltalknetwork.com. We look forward to bringing you another dynamic offering globally every two weeks. Be sure to join us for our virtual mastermind forum. And remember, prosperity is a state of being, not a ledger line on your bank account.